For a long time, our shared mission has been that of delivering financial returns. To that has been added the important job of doing so sustainably for the benefit of society as a whole. We've designed this event to provide an opportunity to discuss how we together navigate, embed, and evolve the E, the S, and the G as critical investment themes without compromising on intentionality and transparency. To do so, we have articulated today's and tomorrow's sessions across five key pillars to provide a structure. Pillar one, governance, creating structures and policies that allow our businesses and products to account for environmental, social, and governance factors in our decision-making. Pillar two, transactions, where ESG can really be seen as a value proposition, so energy transition investments or the financing of such investments. Pillar three is a bit of a whopper, regulatory. During the course of this event, experts, our own and our invited guests, will provide insights on what they see as the key legal and regulatory developments for the financial services sector and how best to deal with practical challenges that these raise. Pillar four is reputation. A business's reputation is one of its most valuable assets, and safeguarding that reputation in an ESG context increasingly needs to be proactively planned and cared for. Pillar five is risk management. So how businesses assess and manage their ESG risks and how they can incorporate ESG considerations into their risk management framework. We are very excited to have gathered together a diverse, knowledgeable, and insightful group of talent to discuss these important topics today and tomorrow. Uh, before we start with our first speaker, a few admin notes on how you can get involved with the sessions today. You will see a few tabs to the right of your screen. You can submit questions for the speakers via the Q&A tab. Um, due to time constraints, we will be responding to those by way of follow-up after the event, but please do um, add to the Q&A tab. We will get back to you. There's a notes tab so you can make notes during the sessions and there's a chat uh, feature so that you can chat amongst yourselves. Now, on the subject of talent, I'm going to ask our very own Andy Hartwell, our client insights leads, to share his views on ESG from a macroeconomic perspective. Andy, over to you. Thank you, Rob. Good morning, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, wherever you uh, are joining us um, from. At the beginning of this year, um, we published our expectations for the year ahead. And I described 2023 as a year of turning points. Key amongst them is the turning point expected on inflation due to peak around about now and then fall away. That's the key to interest rates peaking at some point a little bit later this year, if not to fall. Um, and then consequent on both of those, the turning point in growth to bottom out somewhat lower in terms of growth rates than we are at the moment before rising gently into 2024. We're seeing some encouraging signs um, in those directions at the moment, but of course, big risks remain. There's the Ukraine war, of course, the, the biggest amongst them. Uh, mistakes in macro policy are always a possibility. The rise in insolvency is expected to continue through this year. And, of course, extreme weather events. 
But that means we're still expecting the slowdown and a lot of volatility. But the direction of travel is clear towards what I've called the new new normal, which is ESG, but an evolving ESG to reflect real-world uh, issues. The biggest challenge is navigating the transition, not only to net zero, but also from near-term business issues to long-term business issues. There was a very interesting paper published by the World Economic Forum at Davos earlier this year in their risk group, global risk report, where they highlighted the fact that amongst businesses around the world, the top five concerns in the near term were a mixture of environmental, economic, and social concerns. But when you looked 10 years out, the top five concerns were dominated by environmental issues. That's the framing role for ESG. Thanks, Andy. And, and that business environment, both now and looking ahead, um, obviously raises huge challenges and huge opportunities for businesses. Um, I know we're going to be drilling into many of those in the sessions today and tomorrow, but perhaps you could start us off, put us on the right navigational path by putting them into the context of your overall horizon scanning. How do you see those pieces fitting together, Andy? Um, well, thank you, Rob. Um, I think, sort of broadly speaking, there are three themes to our program, uh, and they run through the five pillars of our approach to ESG that you described in your intro. The first of those themes is funding the transition, huge investment sums needed. For example, variously estimated around $7 trillion annually uh, from now until just 2030. That's about 10% of global GDP every year to be found from somewhere. But governments are reluctant to raise taxes and or to increase sovereign debt. So that means that investors, asset owners, managers are expected to do the heavy lifting. So we're going to hear a lot about uh, green and blue bonds, about sustainability linked, about carbon markets, about M&A in the renewables market as well, and the role of fintech to enable, facilitate those changes in that transition, blockchain, tokenization, um, for example. But it also is going to mean addressing the very different time horizons between investor expectations, those between, for example, public markets and private markets, which seem to be more aligned, the latter, with the time horizons associated with ESG. And then the second of the big themes that I see going through all of our pillars in the program over the next two days, governance. ESG implies huge culture change, and that starts at the top of any organizations, not just in, in appointing a C-suite um, chief sustainability officer, vital that that is, but also empowering the introduction of effective and appropriate incentivization uh, for ESG the need to bridge from shareholder to stakeholder governance models and the need to deal with the current and the next wave um, of uh, regulation, including the reversal of the loss of biodiversity. Then how to audit supply chains uh, to increase operational resilience. And one fascinating feature um, of the new, new normal, artificial intelligence, and as we'll hear, the rise of responsible machines. I wonder where Isaac Asimov would have placed that um, in his writings many years ago, but crucial 
And then the third and final of the themes as I see them, litigation, enforcement, uh, and reputation. The huge rise in regulation, according to the UNPRI. In 2021, while the world was fighting COVID, there was even so a 20% increase in regulatory interventions uh, around the sustainability issue. And that's going to be seen, therefore, likely increasing litigation and enforcement action. Also, activism from both sides of the space between shareholder and stakeholder governance models. And then there's a third spur now, uh, which you've hinted at already, to action by corporates, by organizations, uh, to action beyond the profit and regulatory drivers. And that's the power of reputation, of brand, of the firm, the firm's role uh, as a good corporate citizen. And then individual citizens themselves as a driver for it. Citizens as consumers, citizens as employees, both existing employees and those you would wish to target. Because in both cases, those citizens are trying and seeking to align their own personal social values with those of companies and organizations from which they buy services, goods, or to which they sell their employment services as well. So there it is, Rob, um, you know, a big and important agenda today and tomorrow, yep. showing how we can help clients and, I must say, ourselves navigate towards COP28 and beyond that to the new, new normal, a landscape dominated by the evolving ESG agenda. <laughs> <laughs>